Can I share a couple riddles with you? First of all, go to Uversion if you're not there. Go to Uversion, go to More Button, push it, put in the zip code, Heart of the City Church Live, and there's my notes from today. And uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, program, great app if you don't have that. But here's a couple of riddles I'd like to begin with today. What always stays in the corner but goes all around the world? A stamp. Are you with me? Is everybody with me? Put a smile on your face. It's not that bad. How about this one? What breaks when you call it by name? Silence. What has hands but cannot clap? A clock. You ready for one joke? Here's one joke. What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Wow. I feel like I'm getting ready to get fruit thrown at me or something. My goodness. You guys are, you guys are a hard crowd. Wow. Well, we're going to dive into the Word. Um, I love those new tools that are out. They've been out for a while, but the, the, the battery packs just get bigger and bigger. You know, you can have an, a, a skill saw that has no electric cord. It's ran by a battery pack. But you must have the battery connected to that tool or it doesn't work at all. And to me, it's like being a Christian. You need the Holy Spirit. And He has gifts that He wants to put inside of you. For you to operate in the fullness and the destiny that he has planned for you. I believe there's a lot of Christians that love Jesus, but they're not plugged into the power. Say this with me. I got the power. <laughs> Wonderful. You sound great. How many of you know we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit? We need that. Pray with me now. Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you would speak to us, even as we dive into a, 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 a subject that... It's not discussed all the time, maybe sometimes very little, but today I pray, God, that you would speak your truth. Your truth would get down into our hearts, our guts, and it would set us free to know your truth. Father, just transform us from the inside out today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, we need the full arsenal, spiritual arsenal of the Holy Spirit in this day and time. If you think that life's going to get easier, I got news for you. I don't believe that. And because I believe it's not going to get easier in life, I think that we need everything that God has for each and every one of us. Fully locked, cocked, ready to rock, fully armed and dangerous with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he wants to put in each and every one of which he's already put inside of you, but sometimes not knowing the Bible says, for the lack of knowledge, my people perish for not knowing the truth about what God has done. Uh, we don't walk in the fullness of what has, uh, God has for us. I've been reading a book. It's by, by Mahesh Shabda Radian, and I got to set under him many years ago, probably about 25 years ago. The book is called, because someone asked me last week, Getting to Know the Holy Spirit. And I know that some people have already bought it. I had a lady last night tell me that she found it. Last week I talked about the seven purpose gifts. Say that with me, purpose gifts. You have purpose gifts inside of you. There's no way that somebody in this room does not have at least one of the purpose gifts that God has for you. Why? See, gifts are from God. Get, of course they're from God. Well, J.O., tell us something different. They're from God, but they are of God. Every gift is already existing in God. 
So what he does is he shares a portion of who he is with you. He gives you the gifts, that attribute that he is, he shares it with you so that it can be manifested in and through you to impact and build the church around you, to bless you, to build you up, to build up your family, to build up uh, uh, saints around you. And he shares that with every one of us. But we have to be willing to to receive them, believe them, release them in our lives, and it takes faith to, to do that. Uh, one thing, one story I really love is Moses, all of a sudden the Bible says that uh, uh, the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke, uh, and he took the spirit that was on Moses, there he goes, just on Mo- he puts it on the elders, on 70 elders. When God takes the spirit off of Moses, not off of him, but it shares it on to the elders, guess what those elders begin to do? They all, every, all 70 of the elders begin to prophesy. There was two of them that was in a camp, still not with the count, not with the other elders, but they were listed in with the elders. They're back at camp, not at the tabernacle. And look what takes place. They begin, those two by themselves in the camp, because the spirit of prophecy fell on them, they begin to prophesy. Well, a young man comes and tells, hey, this guy, these two guys are prophesying. Joshua goes to Moses and says, these two guys are prophesying. And look what Moses said. Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? Moses said, oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets. God wants you to hear from heaven. What you experienced today from Clark, we're going to touch on this in a minute, was a prophecy. What is a prophecy? What is God saying in a moment of time? You hear and you speak it. That is a prophecy. We're going to dive into that a little bit more in just a minute. But that spirit came off of, he put it on the elders. They all began to prophesy. Moses says, oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. These these gifts that I'm talking about today, I think that uh, many of us have these gifts But all of you at times can operate in these gifts because God at times will will have you in a situation that he wants to work in and through you and you can operate in these gifts. But it doesn't mean that every one of these gifts is your main gift. Like for example, I can draw. I can draw. They may be stick people, but I can draw. So it's not my main gift. I can't draw. I can't do art. I can't paint and do art like Stephen Shortridge. Okay? He has a gift. So there's giftings that you may identify in your life that, man, God is working that in and through me. But I want to let you know at any given time with the seven purpose gifts from last week, from the nine power gifts that I'm talking about today, God can use you. He can work them in and through your life in any given time. So I want to talk about those today. We are vessels, and I think the number one reason why we exist is to be a carrier, a vessel for the Holy Spirit. You, you, I think you really should get that today. It's not to be just a dad or a mom. Or it's not just to hold down a job. It's not just for practical uses. Your vessel is a vessel for Holy Spirit. Listen to a couple of these verses, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Your earthen vessel. 
and we have this treasure. What is it? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, like I said last week, Robert Morris says God needs you. God doesn't need you, but God has chosen to need you. All of a sudden, God chose to put his spirit in this guy named Adam. Adam would have stayed on the ground as a dirt bag. He was made out of what? Nothing but dirt. He would have stayed a dirt bag until what what God do? He breathed his life. He breathed his spirit into Adam, and he became a living being. You are here to be a vessel, a container to hold the spirit of the living God. And he wants to do magnificent, dynamic exploits through you. But I think you need to know, you need to be aware, and you need to be willing to allow him to do that. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified. A couple of weeks ago I talked about, we need to get ready. We, let's sanctify ourselves. Get ready for this year, for the sound and for God to use us. It says, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it 101 today. God is always looking for the fat in the land. I don't always say it that way. He looks for fat Christians. Faithful, available, and trainable. Even today, are you faithful? Would you make yourself available for the Holy Spirit? If he wants to show you a gift today, if he wants to begin to use in you in a dynamic way to change our world, will you make yourself available? And then are you trainable? Are you teachable in order to be able to walk in, I think, a beautiful uh, destiny that God has for each and every one of you? Well, Galatians says there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. I'll just touch on fruits for a moment. Your fruit is, has everything to do with what you're rooted in. You can love Jesus and struggle in areas. You have to look at roots in your life. Because if you want to be fruity in a good way, if you want to birth the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control, then it has everything to do with what you're rooted in. Are you rooted in the Word? Are you rooted in the love of Jesus Christ? The Bible speaks of that. And if you're rooted in those, guess what you're going to birth? You're going to birth fruits of the Holy Spirit. But there's not just nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is beautiful. God doing a transformation. To me, it's like attitudes. Do you have an attitude of self-control and an attitude of love? And, and attitudes, where's attitudes come from? I think they reflect your heart. What's in your heart, people will see. And that's what comes out of you. So if you have some bad things going on in your life, guess what you need to do? You need to uproot. You change the root. Change the fruit. You want to be rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. Well, not just nine fruits of the Spirit, but there's also what I consider nine power gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. One, it says... Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, that ignorant, I think, is a place of knowledge and understanding, but it's also this, ignoring. We're not to ignore. Because you may not understand the giftings of God, you should not ignore them. 
because you may not believe in the giftings of God, well, I hope to change your mind on that today by the power of the Holy Spirit. You should not ignore them. So Paul says to the church of Corinth, don't be ignorant of God's gifts. So let's look at that for a moment. In the next section of verses, it lists out the nine power gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, I think it's on the, the, is it up up there for me? Look what it says. It says there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. There are different diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, say that with me, manifestation, of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. God gives you the gift for the profit of those around you. goes on to say, for to the one given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, that's one power gift. To another, the word of knowledge, we're going to talk about that through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of Spirit, to other kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. I just listed off nine power gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you look at the Scriptures there, first you recognize that God gives the gifts. Okay? Everyone say gifts. You don't work for them. You don't earn them. He gives you the gifts, number one. Number two, the gifts are manifested. What does that really mean? I mean, we don't always use the word manifest. I use it quite often because uh, I read the scriptures and it's written in there. But manifest means that he pretty much exhibits. God displays... His works through you. He manifests, he displays, he exhibits his work. So here we go. God is, is uh, a healer, so therefore he exhibits healing through you and he uses you as a vessel to heal someone. Now it's not you, it's God in you. That way if they don't get healed, it's not your problem either. As long as you're operating in the gift, as long as you're operating in faith, God's the healer, not you. But because he is a healer, he exhibits, he displays, he manifests that through people. But it takes a fat person. Faithful, available, and tradable. Are you willing to pray for someone for healing? Believe, stir your faith, so forth and so on. Your, your, your gift, when you're operating in the gift that God's given you, you come fully alive. You will thrive in Christ. Your gift will take you, even though it's not just for you, your gift will take you places that you've never been before. Think about David for a moment. David's just a stinking, little, stink, literally stinking probably, little shepherd boy. They call for him, anoint him for king, but guess what he does? He takes the gift that he has, a slingshot, and some stones, and he goes out, two armies about to go at it, but the army of Israel is paralyzed in fear. What does David do? He takes his gift, and he slays jungle-breath Goliath. Slays him. You need to pick up your gift. It's amazing what your gift, the courage it can put in other people, the building it can bring to the church, the transformation it can bring. If you're willing to take up your gift and allow God to, look what God did with that gift. He took him from being a shepherd boy, a slayer of bears and lions and tigers, oh my, and he takes him, slays Goliath to be the greatest king of all time. But it, it began with David saying, you know, I'll use my gift. 
Moses, he has a rod, this old man, rod. Throw down your rod, picks it up. God takes the gift that Moses allows him to work through, and God uses Moses. Will, t- ask your neighbor, will you pick up your gift? You, you might need to ask yourself, because everyone's not talking to you. Will you pick up your gift? Gifts demonstrates God's wonderful nature through you. And he wants you to operate in the gifts. Mahesh breaks up the nine different power gifts in three categories. Uh, I like the categories. I'm going to use them today. The first category is in the area of mind and knowing. And in those three categories, he, he speaks of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. Then the next category he uses is mouth and speaking. And under that category, he speaks of prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And in the last one, hands and doing. And under those, the three gifts he speaks of is working of miracles, uh, healing, and faith. So we're going to look at the first one today. I don't have time to go theologically. Literally, each one of these deserve a sermon. But I'm just going to touch on all of them. And my hope is that if you've never been taught the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you would see how God maybe made you. Last week, when I talked about purpose gifts, there were texting going on, and that's fine. They were just texting, going, oh, that person has that, that person has this, that person has that, and that person has that. And it happens, and you're able to identify how you're made and why God made you that way. Why? Because I think he wants you to maybe take it off the shelf. He wants to breathe upon it, take it out uh, out of a dormant state, and allow you to operate fully alive how he intended to. Let's look at the first uh, uh, three giftings, all under knowing uh, and mind gifting. The first one, word of wisdom. Will you say that with me, word of wisdom? What exactly is a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom would be, or a gift of wise counsel, is all of a sudden you have understanding of, uh, of, of a best way to communicate or proceed in a situation. All of a sudden, you, you've been, maybe, maybe it's in your business, you've been struggling in business, or this class, or with a relationship, or in your marriage. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's been a situation in your life, and you don't know what to do with it. And all of a sudden, you get this from God. Wisdom. He shares his wisdom with you, and it gives you direction. That's what a word of wisdom is. It's not just information, but it gives you direction of exactly what to do. It's amazing. I've done that with my wife before and asked her in situations, and all of a sudden, my back's against the wall, and I'll hear a word of wisdom, and just I just know it's from God, and I know it's the answer, and it is a game changer. Amen. Um, let me give you an example of, of uh, Jesus. Many times the religious folks of that day would try to trap him. Many ways, try to trap him. And you know what he would do? I think he would get a word of wisdom. And he would share that word of wisdom with the religious folks of that day. And it would shut them down like a bad habit. Bam! Why? Wisdom. A word of wisdom. Listen to the scripture, James 1, 5, and 6. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to you liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Now, 
this scripture is not pertaining to really the power gift of the word of wisdom, but I want you to see the next verse. Because the next verse, it, it is a must. It is a prerequisite for you to operate in the gifting that God's put in you. Listen to the rest of the scripture. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of a sea driven and tossed by the wind. It goes on to say, do not think that man will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So I want to let you know that when, when we talk about gifting, even the word of wisdom or whatever word of not, it takes faith to operate in. You have to have faith to ask. You have to have faith to receive and faith to release it and step out in it. If not, this is you don't want to do your life like this. I'm just out there driven by the waves. The Bible says you're unstable in all of your ways. God, he challenges us to walk by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Are you following me today? A word of wisdom. Maybe you need that today. I say ask, seek, knock. I say be open to that gift that God may want to bring a great deposit. I want to let you know that next weekend with Tracy, I'm not putting any man on a pedestal because when you get to know Tracy, he's a man like me and you. Just like Elijah was a man like me and you. But he prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and it began to rain. But just men. But men who are willing, they recognize that they are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. They have faith to believe that God wants to do great exploits through them. God wants to do that through you, and that's why I'm here to encourage you. I believe next weekend you will see, if you come, you'll see words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, and maybe different things. Not to try to hook you in to come, but it just is. This is the gift that Tracy walks in. I've known him for uh, probably 23 years. So everyone say word of wisdom. The next one the Bible says is the gifts of the word of knowledge. Don't get those two mixed up. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Wisdom gives you direction. Word of knowledge gives you information. All of a sudden you know what you don't know. It happened to me on Tuesday this week. All of a sudden, no, it was Monday. All of a sudden, I knew something was going to take place. And I sat. I just knew it. I could write it out. I could have put it in my iPad. I've done things like that before. I knew it was going to happen. I go, God, I'm going to test the spirit of this. I go, write it down. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's not. Tuesday, I knew, I mean, Monday, I knew it was God. And all of a sudden, I just watch it develop. And then it took place. You get a word of knowledge, or you could also look at that as prophecy, because sometimes prophecy has to do with the future. But I got information that I knew was going to take place, and then right before my eyes, it took place. That could be a word of knowledge. I've seen words of knowledge and words of wisdom mixed. Let me give you the most powerful word of knowledge and word of wisdom that I've ever seen and experienced in my life and my wife's life. The first time we brought Tracy in many years ago, and once again, 
I don't want you to think I'm elevating someone. I'm not. I'm just letting you know it is a gift, and a person is willing to allow the gift to flow through them. Listen to this. Years ago, probably 23 years ago, we brought Tracy in for an, uh, we were youth pastors at the time, and brought him in for a, a winter retreat. And all of a sudden, Tracy has a word of knowledge that someone has cancer. 99% of the people in that room d- did not know that my wife had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So when she comes forward, they're absolutely like, wow, what? Word of knowledge. Then he gives her a word of wisdom. Now, he didn't say it like this. Oh, here is a word of knowledge, and now is a word of wisdom. He didn't do that, but this is what it was. And the word of knowledge was that you have cancer, bam. Why does word of knowledge come? I think word of knowledge comes to let you know God sees you. God knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're faced with. But then when the wisdom comes, it's powerful. You have been diagnosed. You've gotten two tests. God wants you to go get the third test. You're going to get the third test, and cancer is going to be broken in your body. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You know what me and Radine did? We went, oh, don't know if that was the Lord. And, you know, well. No, we did not do that. We went to the doctor, to the trauma institute in Boise, went to her doctor, called him and says, we need a third test. Oh, he was not into that. Your estrogen's working against you. Your fasting's not going to help you. Your herbs are not going to help you. What's going to help you is me. You need this. Sir, 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 sir. Can we get the third test? Would you just... Give us a third test. We go in. He says, yes, we get the third test. It's been many years ago, so it's hard for me to remember every word, every step of the way, but this is how I remember. We go in, they get the third test. He's taken the third test. My wife is laughing. Like, wow, this is interesting. He goes, I got to go make sure we have enough cells. I'm going to go take it to the chemist. He walks out. The nurse walks back in, shuts the door and goes, what is going on with you guys? We're like, what, what do you mean? This place is a place of death, and you're full of joy, and you're laughing. And, and I'm like, oh, you want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we told her about Jesus, told her what we feel like God had spoken to us. And she says, I want to bring my daughter to your church. I'm like, hallelujah, please. Doctor comes back and says, hey, we got enough cells. We're going to call you on Monday at noon and tell you, Basically what we already know. He calls us not at noon, but about 1 o'clock on Monday. I answer the phone. He won't tell me the news. Rating gets on the phone, and I got my ear up to it. And he goes, you know, I've had, I think he says, two or three scientists or chemists look at it, and there's no cancer in your body. Well, that's the power of a word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It gives you direction. And then guess what it added up to? We saw a miracle. Okay, so, J.O., I, I, I just don't believe that. It's too late. It's, it's, it's too late. It already happened. I think God wants to operate way more in those areas, but he's looking for fat people. Those who are faithful, available, trainable. Those who's willing to step, take a step out in faith and be used by him. A vessel for every good work. 
So we see uh, words of knowledge, we see words of wisdom. Um, I tell you what, uh, Jesus had a word of knowledge at the woman at, uh, at the well with the woman at the well. You know, you've been married five times, now you're kind of living with a guy. That's a word of knowledge. She goes back and tells the Samaritan, you got to meet this guy, he told me everything about myself. Well, Jesus didn't really tell her everything about herself, but a word of knowledge does this. Cuts like a knife, mm, mm, but it feels so right. It does that. And that's what it did to that woman. And her life was changed and revival brought, just took off in Samaria. People were getting saved. I mean, it was a revival. You operate in the words of knowledge, words of what you operate in the giftings. It's like, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's powerful on top of the gospel, on top of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God wants to do that powerfully. You go into other nations operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Watch out. But not just in other nations, but right here in your own community. Number three, discerning of spirits. Uh, we need the discerning of spirit these days for you to, to discern the difference between something demonic, something that is a human spirit, and something that is of the Holy Spirit. If you're a parent in this place, you need to discern what is good, what is bad, what is ugly, what is evil, what is God, what is human, and what is not. you got a 16-year-old daughter that wants to go on a date. Baby, let me tell you right now, you better have a discerning spirit. <laughs> you need to be able to discern. And I think God gave us that gift to be able to discern. Have you ever been discerning of something and all of a sudden, man, that person gives you the creeps on top of the creeps and hair stand up everywhere? Even where I have no hair, hair stands up? <laughs> That's discernment. But it also goes both ways. All of a sudden you're like, wow, I know I'm to be in that church. Wow, I know I'm to be in that situation. This is good. It is well with my soul. The peace of God, it can go either way, but that is a discerning of spirit. And you can test the spirit. I have tested the spirit over and over. I, I can tell you stories of me testing the spirit. Was it of God? Something, something can be very good, but that doesn't mean it's always God. You can chase after little foxes and not be God. You can test this. The Bible says to test the Spirit. Look at 1 John 4, 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I have absolutely tested the Spirit before. I have went and asked someone what I think I'm hearing from God and then found out that I was not hearing from God, but it sounded good. It wasn't a bad thing, but it was not God. You can test the Spirit. God wants us, each and every one of us, to be able to discern Good and evil, right and wrong. Like John saw the dove come upon Jesus whenever he was getting coming out of the water from baptism. Let me tell you right now, he was able to recognize and discern that that dove was the work of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say discern. How many of you think that might be a good gift for you to walk around in this day and time in anything? Husband, wife? Kid, young person, you need to discern who your friends are. You need to discern the situation. You need to be able to have discernment. Well, that's one beautiful gift that God, I believe, wants us to walk in. So those are the three knowing gifts. How about the three mouth gifts I want to talk about? I've mentioned one of them already, number four, prophecy. Say that with me, prophecy. Prophecy is the power gift in which one declares what God is saying. 
All of a sudden, it took Clark faith to go up to Bobby. Bobby, I think I have a word right now for the church. And he stood up and he prophesied. What God was saying to you at that moment in time is that his shoulders are bigger than yours. Some of you have been carrying things. He wants you now, you remember him saying that, now, to take them off your shoulders. Give them it, and, and, and so I can test that. Is that of God? It's easily tested. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. The spirit of the prophecy was in line, backed up with scriptural. If somebody gives you a prophecy that doesn't line up with the word of God, I say flush it down the toilet. I don't care how cool they are. I don't care how cool they look. I don't care how gifted they are. If it doesn't line up with God's word, don't receive it. That's why the Bible says, let two or three test. Test. It's okay to test. It's okay to prove the word of God. God says it and you say it. That's prophecy. God sees it. You see it and you tell it. That's prophecy. It usually has to do with a person or a situation and sometimes the future. I think the gift is for all believers. Spirit of prophecy can fall in the room and everyone prophesies. You're like, J-O, man, I never even heard of prophecy before. All I've heard is just some weird stuff on TV about prophecy. Well, the, the enemy will pervert and twist anything. But the giftings of God, they originated from him. Every good thing, every true thing is from God. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. New Testament prophecy does this. New Testament prophecy always strengthens you, puts courage in you, and comforts you. If it doesn't strengthen, if it puts fear in you, I'd say, no, I'm not receiving that. You tell me right now I'm going to walk out that door and get hit by a car? I just don't receive that. I don't believe that's of God. Okay? Now, somebody would maybe stand different with me, but I want to let you know that I believe New Testament prophecy, it is to encourage you, it's to build you up, it's to cheer you up, Come on, it's to, it's, it's, it's to comfort you. These are things of the New Testament prophecy. I heard about John and Debbie Huffer, I think. There they are. Would you just wave at me? They had a prophecy last year uh, from the sound, and uh, it, it goes something like this. God is sending us a limo. Now, does that mean they've got a stretch limo out in the park a lot? I don't think so. But let me just tell you, let me finish it. To, to restore everything we had lost. That was our year. At the time of last year's sound, I had just gotten a job. That was you, sir. After the sound, Deb got a job. And we bought a house eight months later when we were told we would never qualify. God truly fulfilled our prophecy. So prophecy is not always about finances. It can be. It can be about health. It can be about many things. But in their case... They knew that God was speaking to them. The prophet used the term limo, and all of a sudden, they got jobs, and they got how they got things that they never thought. The Bible says, believe the prophet and prosper. Somebody can give you a prophecy, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Speak to the hand. Well, that's about what you're going to get out of it. Speak to the hand. But if you know that they're a proven prophet, and it lines up with the word, and you receive it, it can be a game changer. That's right, that's right. That's Prophecy. Number five, tongues. 
Everyone say tongues. tongues. Don't let that weird you out. You have one laying between your teeth right now. Okay? Tongues. Tongues. Languages. You could say languages. Okay? I think there's two major powerful purposes of tongues in the Bible. I want to discuss that. Acts 2.3 says this. The King James Version says this. And there appeared, this is on the day of Pentecost, when they were waiting on the Holy Spirit. They were waiting on the Holy Spirit. And this is what took place. And there appeared upon them cloven tongues. Everyone say cloven with me. Why is that important? Because cloven in the Greek is a split tongue. It's like kind of like two. All right? There was cloven tongues of fire as it set on each one of them. I think that that cloven tongue split has two major purposes in the Bible. One of them is this, that you can understand a language that you've never heard before. You're able to interpret a language that you've never learned before, a natural language. If it's Spanish or French or whatever it may be, you're able to do that. That's a supernatural manifestation. That's one purpose of the cloven. But the other purpose is a prayer language that no one understands. God speaks through you. He prays through you, and it's to build your spirit man up. Most of us know, humanly speaking, how to build our bodies up. We sleep good. We eat good. We exercise. We eat the things that are right. We learn about nutrition. We do the. We can build our physical body up. I'm in the gym maybe four or five days a week because I'm trying to maintain and you know build my natural body, stay active. But how do you build your spirit man up? What are things that you literally can do to build your spirit man up? I am a vessel, clay. Clay with a soul. <laughs> but what I'm really am that's going to live forever is spirit. How do you build your spirit, man? Well, this is one beautiful way is the Holy Spirit praying through you. It's wonderful. Let's look at the first one. Uh, one power purpose would be to speak languages that you've never learned. I personally believe that can be a natural language or it can be a Holy Spirit language. I believe that as there's many languages naturally speaking, I think the Holy Spirit has many languages. In the case, it appears in this case in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts, it appears that they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're able to speak speak languages they've never spoken before and people are able to understand it. Let me show you. Acts 2, 4 through 5. And they were all say that with me, all filled. They were all filled. Not 12, not an elite Navy SEAL, 120, they were all filled. God wants his whole church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, Look at verses 5 and 6. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. Will you say that with me, confused? confused. You mean God did something that confused people? Well, if it's going to confuse you into a good thing, I think it's a good thing, because everyone heard them speak in their own language. So all of a sudden these people are speaking in such a way where others can understand it. Okay? They're confused. Why would that bring confusion? Because spiritual manifestations, they're not human. They're supernatural. 
And sometimes we try to figure something out human, humanly, humanistically, and it just brings confusion, okay? So it's not human, it's supernatural. They're hearing their own language, and why? How many of you remember the story of Babel in Genesis? If you remember the story of Babel, the Tower of Babel, would you raise your hand? I encourage you to read your Bibles. I don't mean that in a mean way. But you need to know the history of the Bible. You should read the entire Bible. In the story of Babel, these guys try to build a tower up to God, and God says, no, you ain't. And guess what he did? He confused the languages, and it stopped it. There's that word confuse it. He confused the languages. Guess what God does in Acts 2? He confused the languages in Genesis. In Acts 2, he restores the languages so people could understand. Why did they need to understand? They needed to understand the gospel. Because this gospel of Jesus Christ needed to go out to all the nations of the world. So God restores the language in Acts 2. The same language that he confused in Babel, now he's restoring in Acts 2 so that this gospel can go out to the nation. It's a wonderful thing. Now, let me read on just for a minute. And it goes on to say, uh, they were confused because everyone heard their, uh, them speak in their own language. And then look at verses 12 and 13. It says this. All those that were there... This was their reaction to this manifestation. Remember, a manifestation is, is a display of God's glory through a vessel, through an individual, and this is what took place. So they were all amazed. Say that with me, amazed. amazed. Is it up on the, on the screen? And perplexed. Say that with me, perplexed. perplexed. Saying to one another, what could this mean? Others mocking, saying, they full of new wine. Man, they've been hitting the bottle, baby. It's early in the morning. Look at those Christian brothers. They're just, woo. And Paul's like, no, they aren't on new wine. This is a prophecy being fulfilled by Joel. And in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This is a prophecy being fulfilled. So they're being, the Holy Spirit is being, man, it's, it's amazing when something happens to us in the moment. We kind of humanly freak out. So some were amazed, some were perplexed, and some were mocking. Can I tell you something, Heart of the City Church? Be amazed. Everyone say, be amazed. Be amazed. Hey, I'm okay even if you're perplexed. The Holy Spirit moves. It may perplex you. What's that mean? Kind of baffled. Like, wow, I'm not used to this. Hey, you're human. Be perplexed. But let me challenge you with this. Don't mock the Holy Spirit. Don't be like, ah. it's the Spirit of the living God. He's with us. He's the one that we waited for. He's the one that will never leave us nor forsake us. And you shouldn't mess with the Holy Spirit. I'm just being honest with you. You don't take the mask off the Lone Ranger. Don't spit in the wind. And don't mess with Holy Spirit. Because he is the spirit of the living God. I don't have to, you don't have to be scared about it, but I say don't mock him. Amen? Are we good with that? Good. Another aspect of the power of the purpose of the tongue is this. A natural, super, not natural, a supernatural prayer language. 
Is that biblical? Absolutely. I, I get so grieved when I, I don't, Christians don't know these things. Please gain understanding today. Gain knowledge today. Let me show you some scriptures about the cloven tongue, the other aspect of it. Look at, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 4.2. The Holy Spirit bypasses our human mind, speaks through us supernatural language. It helps uh, us, he, the Holy Spirit prays for us, intercedes through us, the mind of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks ministry, mysteries. Are they up there? Good, good, thank you. 1 Corinthians 14.4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. You edify yourself, build up yourself, your spirit, man. Look at Jude 1.20. But you, beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, look, praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I'll pray in the natural and I'll pray in the spiritual. I'll sing in the natural, I'll sing in the spirit. Look at Romans 8, 26-27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we could, should pray, for we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let me say this. On the back table back there, we have little booklets just to hopefully bring more understanding to the subject. It's called Holy Spirit. Would love for you to grab one when you leave today because it's beautiful. Let me finish with this. The interpretation of tongues. Number six, the gift is essential counterpart when it comes to the power of the gift of tongues. The person's given the gift of interpretation works as a translator. All of a sudden, someone gets a tongue. They are able to hear because there is a translate in a general corporate setting for it to be effective, you want a tongue to be translated. Look at this. Last three. The work of the hands. Number seven, working of miracles. How many of you would say, you know what, I could stand some miracles working through me? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And then, okay. Good, good, good. I think if you're a believer... You want God's power as miracles working through you. What is the, uh, uh, the gift of working of miracles? It's the power gift of working of miracles is a supernatural act of, of, of the Holy Spirit given to you that changes the natural order of something. All of a sudden, supernaturally, something is the natural order is changed. It could be in a person's body, a physical rim, uh, it could mean many ways. Let me give you, I think, a, a, an example of one. Is uh, Remember when Jesus was faced with many people not having food, maybe in a desert place or what have you, and then he asked, is there any food here? They find some bread and some, some fish, and all of a sudden God breaks Jesus' prays over the bread, he breaks it, and the fish and the bread is multiplied, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, two times in the Bible, have, uh, they're given something to eat. That is a miracle. Something natural is changed. The, the, the natural change of the situation is supernaturally changed, and a miracle takes place. It's a wonderful thing. I believe that people have the gift 
And I also believe that people can walk in them at any given time when the grace of God is upon them for that circumstance and that situation. Two more and I'm done. Number eight, the gift of healing. The gift of healing. Jesus was striped on his back for his healing, for mine and your healing. I believe every one of us can lay hands on people and they can be healed. Jesus said this, he went about doing good. The Bible says this, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed. The Bible also says, greater works will we do because he goes to the Father. But yet, there are still those who have a gift of healing. Like I can sing. Mary had a little lamb. Little. I can sing, but I don't have a gift of singing. No, I don't, I don't sing like Emily back there on the piano. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on. Or Omar. They have gift. So just because I can sing doesn't mean I have the gift. Just because God can use you. He, can, he wants to use every one of us in the area of healing. But there are people with a gift of healing. They, they have a gift in it that God has, uh, uh, he, he has put it in them. So what is the gift of healing? It means that Bodies, physical bodies are changed. Bodies are restored back to perfect. But let me, let me read this scripture to you because on the other hand, God can use anyone in this room at any time as you are a vessel filled with his Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to flow through you, operating in faith that God can heal through you. Once again, you don't. if a person doesn't get healed, i got to be honest with you, that's not really your problem. But what we need to take on is the willingness to allow God to use us. So look at this, Mark 16, 17 through 18. It says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. I'd rather for you not to do that in here. <laughs> Leave your serpents somewhere else. Amen. And if they drink any deadly, uh, anything deadly, it will by, by no means hurt them. Look at this. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So we see that a believer can be used in healing any place, any time. And yet there is a gift that some people have, supernatural gift, that naturally changes the circumstances for healing. And here's my last one, number nine, faith. Say that with me, faith. If you're a believer in here today, God's given you a measure of faith. So we see one aspect of faith the Bible speaks of is a measure of faith. That's out of Romans 10, 17. And then we, faith is developed by the fruit of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we see those gifts, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit are actually, uh, yeah, they are the, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in, in Galatians 5, 22. But then there's the power gift of faith. And what is the power gift of faith? That means that God shares his faith with you. All of a sudden, in a circumstance, God works through you in a supernatural way with supernatural faith that can move mountains and change natural order of things. God's faith has worked through you in a supernatural way to bring forth a supernatural situation. Let me give you an example of what, how I view this. Jesus is on a boat, and he's sleeping. He's just chilling. He's just gelling. And all his disciples, disciples are absolutely tripping out. They're in a storm. They're, wake him up, we're going to die. I mean, they're just tripping. Jesus gets up. What does he do? He speaks 
to the storm. He well, let me let me read it. When he arose, he rebuked the wind. I mean, that's pretty powerful faith right there. Rebuke the wind. And said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So what did he do with the disciples? This is what he did with the disciples, look what he says. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? Look, 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 look what he says. How is it that you have no faith? So I believe there's a place of a gift of faith where supernatural things change in circumstances because God shares his faith with you. Now, in closing today, I know I went through nine gifts really fast. I went through them a little bit slower last night. You can check it out on the website. If you missed last week the purpose gifts, I highly recommend you checking it out. But what is our responsibility when it comes to the gifts in closing? They're going to be up on the Sky Bible. It says this, number one, Therefore, brethren, desire. Will you say that with me, desire? desire? I think there has to be a desire in our heart. A desire that we want to be used by God. A desire to be a vessel that he's going to operate through. A desire that maybe God wants to use me in a miraculous way to do great exploits. So there has to be a desire. It says desire earnestly to prophesy. God wouldn't tell you to do that if it wasn't available to you. God wants us to desire those giftings. Look at number two. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Number three, do not quench the gift that is in you. You have gifts inside of you. Don't quench them. I promise I'm going to do my best not to quench the gift inside of me. Would you promise that? we got about six, seven people. Would you promise not to quench the gift? How many of you really want to be fully alive and thrive in life? You really, I want you to, too. That gift, that attribute of God that he has shared with you, a part of him is in you. You are made in the image of God, your father. He wants to flow in and through you. When you do that, you'll come fully alive. I mean, you'll, you'll live life to its fullness. Don't quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecy. Number four, do not neglect. Everyone say neglect. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Number five, therefore I remind you, look at this, stir up. Stir. When, if I come into a prayer room and this is what the prayer room sounds like, I got major problems. Prayer and praying is not meditating. Jesus taught him how to pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When you pray, man, you stir up the gift inside of you. All of a sudden, in a prayer, when you're praying, you stir up the gift. You may prophesy. You may have a word of wisdom. You may have a word of knowledge. God might want to use you, speak through you, change the natural order of things. But I tell you what, this is, to me, not praying. Now, I know you can throw stones at me. Just wait. Because I know of the Spirit, you can pray without talking. I get that. But in a corporate setting, I think, man, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Stir the gift inside of you. Remember, it's not just for you, but those around you that the church may be built and edified. Stir up the gift that's in you, which is through the laying of the hands. What follows that scripture? 
I want to tell you. This is what follows that scripture of stirring up the gift inside of you. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound. Why would that be right after the? Because fear is the number one tool of the enemy to keep you shut down. If he can keep you shut down and shut up and never step out in faith, never step out of the boat, come on. Like he shut down a whole army of Israel, but there was one with his gift. I'm going to rock, knock out Goliath. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'll take the gift that God's given me. It may be, I might be a, 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 a one gifted person. I'm going to take that. I'm going to work that. I'm going to work it, baby. I'm going to work it, baby. I'm going to work it, baby. Tell your neighbor, work it, baby. Take the gift that God's given you. Take the gift that God's given you. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Remember the story of the talents? Ten talents, five talents, one talent. The one person with the one talent, he went and buried it. Don't bury your talent. Don't bury your gift. God wants to, to blow up on it. He wants to use it in such a powerful way. Would you do this right now? Would you bow your head and close your eyes in closing? I want you to listen to this real close. I want to talk to you about the greatest gift. Listen to me real close. David Bowie, this week, he passed away. And he said this. He says, I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. You do not have to walk out of this room not knowing where you're going after this life. Either place is not boring. Heaven is not boring and hell is not boring. I guarantee you that. But what I disagree with him with is this. And I'm not here to slam on David, boy. God bless his soul. My point is that you can know where you are going. If I die today, I know where I'm going. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. I've been bought with a price. I've been born again. I'm saved. I know Jesus Christ. I know where I'm going. You don't have to live fearful in life not knowing where you're going. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's one way to heaven eternal life in heaven and his name is Jesus do you know him today do you know him today the greatest gift of all time is God stepping out of heaven in the form of a man Jesus the greatest gift of all time is salvation the forgiveness of sin do you know Jesus today 